What's up, everyone? How's everyone doing? Hopefully everyone is well. So, um, welcome to another episode of Sneaks, Rhymes, and Life. I am your host, Arna McDonald. Uh, so a lot of things happening out there in the world of sports, um, in the world of sneakers, um, in the world of hip-hop. We're going to focus on a couple different areas tonight. Um, you know, so first off, I'd like to say uh, to everyone around the world, uh, happy International Women's Day. Uh, by the time you hear this recording, it will be International Women's Day. So uh, obviously a big celebration of uh, all of the... Uh, accomplishments of women, the women uniting in sisterhood. Um, so a huge shout out to uh, people I work with, people that I I, uh, I am good friends with, people uh, around the world um, who inspire me, who inspire my daughter and my wife. Um, so uh, the hats off to all of that. Um, really, really appreciate um, you know the great movement that uh, you know women have made over the last uh you know last several years but uh international women's day continues to be become bigger and bigger and uh we definitely are seeing a difference when it comes to gender equality and uh a variety of different things so i know i've done a focus on uh um some uh women um in a variety of different mediums uh whether it's uh athletics like uh, Amanda Ruler or, uh, or sneakers, Devin Harvey, and uh, there'll be many, many other women that I will talk to, you know, throughout the course of uh, the month of March. Um, so it's going to be pretty exciting to, to go ahead and do, but uh, yeah, just, you know, want to be a cheerleader and an ally and, uh, you know, uh, an accomplice essentially to, to support the women's movement that's happening out there. So uh, a lot of di- different things I mentioned, um, uh, that are out there that uh, we definitely should be, you know, you know, be encouraging and supporting. Um, so I really got a couple topics that I really want to talk about, and you know, I'm just on the heels of the All Star Game, and uh, gonna sit with, um, you know, um, you know, another big sneakerhead uh, uh, in the very near future. I'm not gonna announce exactly in case uh, uh, that doesn't align, but. Uh, uh, we were going to sit down early this week and kind of break down the, the, the all-star game as it was. But uh, really want to, again, talk about uh, two topics in particular. So uh, obviously, one of the big events this weekend was UFC um, uh, 259, um, three championship outs. Um, that happened, so we'll definitely talk about that and, and one particular athlete in uh, in, in general. Um, you'll you'll kind of get the the drift uh, of why I, I want to talk about this athlete. And then part two is uh, um, also want to talk about one of the most popular sneakers that are that are going to be um, presented and have already kind of uh, surfaced already in uh, in 2021, and that would be the Griffey one. Um, Ken Griffey is an iconic player. And um, his shoe is also, from a cross-training perspective, is, is one of the most popular ones that has, has ever hit the market. So we will, uh, we will definitely talk about a, a couple different areas. But um, if I just kind of take on and, and talk about the UFC um, 259, and obviously, uh, you know, very exciting event, um, you know, overall, um, you know, three championship bouts, including... Uh, um, you know, um, 
the the finale or final bout of, of the night. Uh, you know, we had an undefeated uh, undefeated uh, Israel and Asanya. Um, you know, you know, moving up to to light heavyweight and um, and and challenging for the belt. It didn't go as planned. You know, obviously we had a uh, you know a, also a uh, a dreadful. Um, I guess we'd call it disqualification uh, for, for no better terms on whether it was an accident or miscommunication, but uh, I'm not going to harp on those two fights. I really want to talk about one athlete and one athlete only, and that would be Amanda Nunez. So she's from Brazil, um, you know, specializes in striking as well as uh, um, stri- striking as well as jiu-jitsu, but um, I think if you look at the body of uh, Amanda Nunez's career, we are watching not just one of the greatest women fighters we've ever seen, one of the best mixed martial artists in the history of mixed martial arts. And when we talk about all the, you know, iconic athletes that we now have, you know, in, in recent, the last, uh, you know, four or five years, like there's no way you cannot mention Amanda Nunez in terms of what she's accomplished and who she's beaten. So if you, for those that don't know, I'm not a big UFC fan, you know, Amanda Nunez is the featherweight champion and the bantamweight champion. So she kind of flips flops back and forth between 135 and 145 in terms of those weight class and has been defending this belt for are both of these belts for, you know, more than a year. I think we're actually approaching over two years now. Um, since she, uh, since he beat, beat Chris Cyborg. So, you know, you, you look at her career, you know, she was in Evictus, she was in uh, Strikeforce, um, you know, some moderate success, obviously. Um, but, um, you know, she fought, uh, I think back in 2008, she fought Kat Zingango. Um, and, and literally had Kat on the ropes, literally had her be almost submitted and not, or almost knocked out, but she ran out of gas and what ended up happening, Kat came back in the third round and beat her. I think she ended up getting submitted. So I think one of the big, you know, call it, uh, Eureka or, you know, light bulb moments for, for Amanda Nunez is her cardio was lacking. So yeah, to some, this is kind of boring or not very exciting, but let me explain further, you know, after, you know, going back to the drawing board, you know, changing her, her style of training, um, you know, she beats Valentina Shevchenko. Um, she beats Sarah McMahon. Uh, she beats Shayna Brazzer. Um, so that's three in a row that she wins. Well, she's kind of on a roll in the Bantamweight division. Then she fights, and, uh, and I'm wearing the t-shirt tonight because I'm such a big fan. She's my favorite um, woman fighter, and that's Misha Tate. Excuse me, Misha Tate. Why is Misha Tate my favorite fighter? Because I've never seen a fighter fight with more heart and more compete than Misha Tate. Does she win the fights every single time? No. 
She's obviously lost to, you know, Holly Holm. She's obviously lost to, uh, um, she, she lost to Ronda Rousey, you know, so those are two of the big losses in, in her career. She actually lost to Ronda twice, but um, she fights with so much heart and so much desire in comparison to like most other people. She does not quit. She's almost had her arm broken and, and come back in one fight. So uh, hats off to Misha Tate. You're totally amazing. So anyways, Amanda fights Misha Tate. And it's a competitive fight, but Misha gets finished. And Amanda becomes, you know, now a contender. I think she actually won the title in that fight. Um, now she goes ahead and after a layoff, she fights Ronda Rousey. So what does this mean? This is Ronda Rousey. This is the one that's armbarred like every single person literally cleaned out the division. Whole different world. And we already saw Ronda Rousey, you know, you know, her first loss was to Holly Holm. And uh, she got knocked out with a head kick and I think it shocked the world. But uh, I think, you know, Amanda Nunes played no games and went in and absolutely destroyed Ronda. If you thought Holly Holm beat Ronda, um, what Amanda Nunez was able to do to Ronda Rousey was incredible. And she won. So she's the champion is now beating Ronda Rousey. She then fights uh, Raquel Pennington, who's also a very tough competitor, beats her. Then we have the fight we all wanted to see. Now, um, and, you know, there's probably another defense in there, which I'm not mentioning right now. I just don't have it on the top of my head. But Chris Cyborg is the fight that everyone wants to see against Amanda Nunez. They're the two top fighters when it comes to striking. Like, we've never seen anyone hit as hard as Chris Cyborg. At least that's what we thought. So when this fight happens... No one has ever able to do this. What happened in that, you know, literally span of a few short minutes, we've never seen that happen to Chris Cyborg. She literally, Amanda Nunez was an absolute buzzsaw and literally walked down Chris Cyborg like we've never seen happen. I think, you know, a, a very interesting fight because the contracts and style would have been Ronda Rousey and Cyborg. I would have bet on Cyborg, but Amanda Nunez, you know, truly developed and elevated her skill level. And we got a chance to see her absolutely destroy who, which fighter we thought was borderline invincible, borderline, you know, if you, if she got, she hit you, she would knock you out. And that's what we thought about Chris Cyborg. You know, uh, I don't think Chris hit her with a clean shot. But we also thought that from a striking perspective that we thought Chris Cyborg was far more technical. And what did we see? We saw Amanda Nunez become the first woman champion, both at featherweight and bantamweight. And she hasn't given up. She hasn't given up the belt. 
So now we fast forward to last night. UFC 259. So she's fighting number one contender in the featherweight division. So the higher class in Megan Anderson. Megan Anderson's been on a nice little roll. She's beaten multiple top contenders, including Holly Holm. And uh, she's got a significant reach advantage. She's got a significant um, height advantage. She's like four inches taller than than Amanda Nunez. And what happens? It was like a warm-up. I don't even know if Megan actually even hit Amanda. It was unbelievable. We saw... And as I pause just to think about it, we saw Amanda hit Megan with two bombs. And it looked like literally Megan had seen a ghost. It was unbelievable. Like she was absolutely rocked after two bombs. And this was like probably in the first, oh, I don't know, minute and a half of the fight. From there it was over. And, you know, the fight did end quickly after that. And literally, Amanda Harley broke a sweat. So here we have now, she's defended both belts multiple times. Really, the only person is Valentina Shevchenko. is probably the only person that seems even capable of giving Amanda a fight because of a variety of skills that... Um, that Valentina has, you know, I think they have a, a very nice contrast in style. Even though Valentina has now lost to um, lost to Amanda twice, um, it seems like it's the best fight possible. So it'd be very interesting. They're not going to drop down, you know. Uh, uh, you know, Valentina is not coming up to featherweight. We're going to have to fight at a, a, a bantam blade fight. Champ versus champ, and uh, and see how that goes. But um, all tense and purposes, I think it's unbelievable to see, and it's totally amazing to see how dominant um, Amanda Nunes. And you know, they asked us like, "Oh, you know, you cleaned out the division. Do you want to give up your belt?" Amanda says, "I'm I'm a new mother. You know, I am the lioness. I I have a child now, and I actually feel like I'm stronger than ever before. I'm not giving up either belt." That's it. That's all. And the end of story. So Amanda's going to be around for a while. I know there's someone in the world training that is a younger, more ferocious, um, you know, version of Amanda. But will she ever get to the UFC, be able to display her skills, be able to have the right coaching that ultimately she can do what she needs to do to get on a winning streak and ultimately become a contender that Amanda can fight her and have this new person be Amanda. Don't know if that will ever happen. Amanda plans to retire as a champion and you know who's to say that she won't. So it's pretty interesting to see how dominant she is. And when you talk about Serena Williams, and yes, Serena's reign has been a little bit longer. Um, you talk about Sue Bird and, and you know Megan Rapino and, and some of these amazing athletes out there. Mandy Nunez is right in the conversation with some of the best athletes we're talking. And, and I think we need to, you know, not confuse things anymore and just say a woman athlete. We are talking pound for pound, in my opinion, Amanda Nunez is the best fighter 
right now in the UFC and in mixed martial arts. You know, John Jones is not fighting. He's got issues. You know, we have Khabib that uh, is retired or not retired or whatever. So that's uh, it's Amanda. And I think you can debate it even if they were active and had belts. But Amanda Nunez is on such a run and has literally destroyed two divisions worth of fighters. And, you know, some of the fighters that will go down as some of the best fighters in either women division in uh, Chris Cyborg and uh, and Ronda Rousey. Amanda destroyed both of them. Like, not just beat, not beat in a decision, not a five-round war. Destroyed them in a very, very short period of time. I think both were first round you know technical knockouts so amanda you are the lioness you know and it's inspiration to many women and in my opinion the most dominant mma fighter on the planet bar none man woman pink come from outer space it doesn't matter you are the best fighter so hats off to you so I'm going to flip over to my other topic here as I wrap up for uh, for tonight. So, you know, there's a lot of Jordans that are on the marketplace. You know, we're in the middle of March now, so we're in Air Max month mode. But uh, when we talk about Air Max, you know, there's a lot of different ones that are out there. You know, Air Max 1, 97, 98, a lot of people under 95. Toronto is like the 90, it's like the 90 capital of the world. But let's just talk about the... My favorite Air Max, and may surprise a couple people, but it would be the Griffey Max one. So, why is the Griffey Max one being one that we're talking about? Whether it's the Freshwater, whether it's the Royal coming out, or talking about the Varsity Red being one. You know, there's um, there's the Induct, um, which is the one from Ken Griffey's. Uh, they traded for when Ken Griffey got inducted into Cooperstown. Um, you know, it's the, obviously the OG one. I have a black and gold one, which is one of my favorite ones. But why are we talking about the Griffey? Like, what does the Griffey Max have anything to do with it? Well, Ken Griffey, for those who don't know, it was a baseball player that uh, played for the Seattle Mariners. Well, actually, fast, well, let me go back. Ken Griffey Sr. was a baseball player for the played for the Cincinnati Reds in the 1970s so no most of you weren't alive you know I was barely born at that time but the what they called the big red machine and they won multiple words world series they had Pete Rose and, and Johnny Bench and um you know many other amazing players Ken Griffey Sr. was on this team he had a son his name was Ken Griffey Jr. and this is the person that we're talking about right now so at 19 years old, you know, I think it was um, way back in 1989, he was drafted by the Seattle Mariners. And we have never seen a player hit the scene. Probably the closest thing in modern day area would be Mike Trout. But this was what we call a five-tool player. He could run. He could hit for average. He could hit for power. He had he could play defense, and and he had an arm. He had all the tools to be like an elite player. And when he hit the scene, um, he was absolutely spectacular. They called him the kid because he kind of ran around and did things that most other people didn't do. Like he 
to batting practice with his hat backwards. And, and some people thought he was, oh, that's not, you're disrespecting the game. And, you know, but essentially he was the kid. He was just having fun. He was just doing things to really inspire, you know, another young generation, but really to have fun and to be himself. But statistically, what King Griffey was able to do in his career and in his rookie season was um, was second to none. He is truly one of the elite players ever to play in the history of baseball. And he did make a huge impact on this on the sneaker market. So in 1996, in 1996, Ken Griffey, Nike partnered together. Um, and, you know, we already are coming off the heels of, you know, Michael Jordan's, you know, you know signature line had already exploded. You know, they already had made, um, you know, a series of commercials for, uh, for Bo Jackson. Um, and, uh, you know, his, uh, his, uh, SE trainers, which were, were super popular at the time. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, you know, after, you know, he had come into the league in 1989, and uh, and really spent spent the uh, the about the better part of ten years there, and then obviously then moved on to to um, Cincinnati, which is kind of a nice tribute because his dad played for Cincinnati, as well as Chicago, and eventually finished up in Seattle. So, um, but you know he they had partnered together. Um, Tracy Teague is actually the designer of the the Ken uh, the Ken Griffey shoe. Um, that they call the Griffey Max One or uh, Griffey One Max, depending on how you 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 uh, you want to pronounce it or put it together. But this is one of the most iconic cross-training shoes. So everything was all about basketball in the nineties. Ken Griffey is one of the few athletes that made a huge statement for the 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 game of baseball. And you know, Ken Griffey. If you just think about him as an athlete, and you know. There was a great, you know, um, series of commercials that came out for Ken Griffey because he was, um, uh, came, he was kind of, a, this shoe came out during a presidential campaign. So it didn't come out until it was about his, his seventh season. But, um, you know, all in all, I think it was, it was truly amazing, you know, um, piece of marketing. It was a high cut shoe with an Air Max, um, in the forefoot as well as the heel. So there was not really a shoe that looked like it. It had a strap on it, which was in that era, very popular with those types of shoes. But Ken Griffey as a player, I will share, he was absolutely unbelievable. So, you know, career average of 284, you know, almost 3000 hits and 2,700 hits is the, the 2781 is the total. But get this, you know, top 10 all time. I think he's actually number seven or something like that. When it comes to home runs, that's 630 homers, 1,836 runs batting. He was a 13-time All-Star. He was the MVP two years after this shoe was released. Um, he was the you know, AL um, RBI leader in, in 97. You know, he was the four-time home run leader in 94, 97. 98 and 99 um his number is retired both by seattle and cincinnati um he was absolutely incredible in an era 
that steroids were existent and um i think you can say what you want that's a whole nother episode that i won't get into um you know he had literally the sweetest swing that you've probably ever seen on a baseball player 10-time gold glove winner seven-time silver slugger uh silver slugger um so not only could he field but could he hit um he was almost equally as talented in both it when he was inducted into the Hall of Fame, I believe he had the second highest um, in nineteen in two thousand sixteen. He received ninety nine point three two percentage of the votes, which is now the highest. I think Derek Jeter might have been the one that eclipsed that uh, most recently, but uh, at the time, the most the highest uh, rate of. Uh, you know, election votes to get into the Hall of Fame. So this guy was a special player, and for them to make a uh, to make a shoe for him that reflected him and his life and obviously his uh, his playing days, um, you know, was was is pretty amazing. And um, you know, for this this shoe, as we talk about the Griffey, um, it's the twenty fifth anniversary of the shoe. So you know, where a lot of people like to talk about Barclays or cb 4 like fashionably and iconically this is actually a shoe that probably trumps both any barkley and any chris weber or any of the air max family that came out in the 90s truly amazing shoe um multiple colorways so you'll see the fresh water you'll see the og um released this year you'll definitely see the uh the varsity um the varsity red is a, is already a rumored color um, to come out this year, and then we also have the royal, which will come out this year. So check it out. You know, when you look at the the times that this shoe is actually like the impact this shoe has made, and how many times it's sold out every single time it's come out, it's actually the most retro non basketball shoe. Um, I think uh, of all time, you know, maybe outside uh, the Air Max One and the Air Max Ninety Seven, um, but it is an uh, it is an iconic shoe when we talk about stepping away from running or stepping away from Nike's roots of basketball. So, you know, hats off to Ken Murphy. Um, you know, an amazing shoe. Twenty fifth anniversary of your own signature shoe is a it's a pretty big accomplishment. Um, shoe I, I definitely love. I have it in a few colors. Um, you know, if you've never got a chance, uh, chance to check it out, go Google, you know, Griffey Max 1 and, and have a look at it. It's uh, it's a pretty amazing shoe. And, and you know, all indications, there's a very limited supply that came out this year, sold out. Every retailer sold out. So I know that there will, will be more colors and probably a wider release than some of the other colors that are, you know, not as iconic as, as the OG in the freshwater. But, uh, you'll definitely uh, get a chance to uh, to see these shoes. So, you know, appreciate everyone uh, taking some time to listen. Um, hopefully everyone will get a chance to enjoy the All-Star game and uh, all the good things that have happened uh, over the course of the weekend. You know, it looks like the weather's going to get better, um, you know, by midweek and uh, the, the city of Toronto is going to be able to open um, as of tomorrow. So on International Women's Day, it's like, uh, you know, Double check marks that we uh, we now get to sit or celebrate International Women's Day, but also we get a chance to um, have Toronto and Peel open. So finally, for the first time, um, 
three months, you know, Toronto, York, and Peel will all be open simultaneously. So we know we need to be safe. We know we need to continue to wear a mask and social distance. You know, they're working their very best in the vaccines. And whether you feel like you need to take it or not, um, you know, the process needs to play out if we're going to, you know, you know, get back to a level of normalcy in, uh, in 2021. Um, it's been a very tough time for, um, for many people. So continue to focus on your mental health, continue to take care of yourselves. Um, and in due time, um, things will get better. You know, I know there's some people out there that are struggling and I feel with you uh, and I and definitely empathize everything that you, you might be going through, but, um, you know, that's just my alarm telling me that it should be going to bed right now. So, uh, appreciate everyone, uh, your time, um, continue to stay, uh, stay healthy and stay safe. And, uh, we'll definitely talk to you on another episode of Scenes Trying to Life. Bye for now. Peace.